0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by The Great Grow Along. Sign up at greatgrowalong.com. With our growing season just around the corner... We're sowing seeds of knowledge and empathy on this week's episode of Meet and Three through four unique stories.
2: I'm always shocked at how aggressive people are with their language. I'll have something like Japanese noctweed and they'll say, you know, these are terrible, they're they're foreigners, they're invasive, and you know, but they're also, you know, they're really healthy if you eat them.
0: We're surrounded by seeds that have already adapted to live with us and they're actually already kind of living in the future because cities are hotter and they're more polluted and they're more fragmented and these are the plants that can deal with that. Tune in to Meetin
1: 3, available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hi, I'm Mike Schreiber, and welcome to The Shameless Chef, the show that takes us back in time to home kitchens in the 1970s, but still has a lot to teach us today. I developed this show with Michael Davenport in 1977. He was the original host of The Shameless Chef, and he shared his fearless attitudes towards food and encouraged home cooks to have fun and take some risks in the kitchen. I'm excited to keep this legacy alive and share The Shameless Chef with you on Heritage Radio Network. Today's episode is about lunch. You'll hear Michael's ideas for stepping up what's in your brown bag and get some novel suggestions for making sandwiches and salads. But first, I want to tell you a little history lesson I once learned from Michael Davenport. At the time, we were about to share a meal, and Michael said, Let's have supper. I asked Michael why he used the word supper and said, Isn't supper and dinner the same thing? And in his usual impassioned way, he explained the difference between supper and dinner. He explained that dinner is referred to as the primary meal of the day, and supper was traditionally used to reference a lighter meal later in the day, and that since the primary meal of the day was usually taken in midday in more rural areas where the hard labor was taking place, and thus give them strength to finish the day's work, then an additional and much lighter meal would be served at the end of the day and referred to as supper. In addition, Michael noted that if you grew up in the South post-colonial era, chances were your association with the words have more to do with colloquial etymology rather than the time of day you sat down to eat. For example, you may have heard, supper's ready, just before mama or grandma placed a table full of delicious dishes before you. Because back then, families would sit down together to enjoy supper, not dinner, whether it was at noon or six o'clock in the evening. Well, today we've evolved into a more suburban lifestyle, and we commonly use lunch for midday and dinner for the the end-of-the-day meal. Well, now let's dive into the foods we eat for lunch and get some new recommendations from Michael Davenport.
2: The attache case has been referred to as the Madison Avenue lunch box, and I'm sure it's indeed been used for that. We all brown bag it once in a while, or, or regularly. It's a great way to lunch. Uh, this is the shameless chef. You won't believe what's in my brown bag. Consider the alternatives we all have for lunch if we work nine to five. You send out for a deli sandwich. You stand up at a counter or sit at one and, and gulp something that's been steam-tabled to death and served on soggy deli bread. Although There are those rare occasions called the business lunch. Even they get to be routine. And we just won't mention those coin-operated vending machines, will we? So why not brown bag it? Anything you can cook and and most things you can buy out can be carried in a brown bag or a Madison Avenue lunchbox to work with you. If you like black bean soup with a touch of sherry, take it along with you in a thermos. You have a penchant for Greek salad made of fresh spinach. There are all manner of plastic containers that can, can go to work with you. Most businesses usually have refrigerators around somewhere, and so if you want to th- keep things cold until lunchtime, it's handy. But a brown bag need not mean a tuna salad sandwich and a banana. A chap I know has a great attitude toward the brown bag. He takes fresh fruit, some cheese, a hunk of crusty bread, and a small thermos of chilled white wine to work. And all he needs is a, a book of verse and a bow under which to have lunch. Now, here are a bunch of brown bag things that I've done or seen done that may jiggle your idea computer when it comes to planning lunch at work. Even if you ordinarily do eat out at lunchtime, an occasional brown bag is a nice change. The thermos container is one of those things that no one should live without. It makes it possible to take all manner of soups and stews to work, and beverages likewise. I don't mean just just coffee. How about a cappuccino or espresso? And if a sandwich is your thing, try exotic sandwiches like uh, watercress or cucumber or pâté or some less exotic ones like peanut butter and jelly. You can take along a French pastry, uh, or crudités, something to dip them in for those who diet. Look at it this way. A brown bag is nothing more than a workday picnic, and and treat it as such. Uh, Two, if you brown bag it, there are all manner of things you can do while you're having your brown bag lunch. You can go to a concert, or a a lecture maybe, or just a sit-down in the park if it's a nice day. And where is it written you can't brown bag it? At a movie, you know, that one you've just got to see and are afraid you're going to (laughs) miss? Michael A. Davenport here, a member in good standing of the Brown Bag Brigade. Look out, it's crazy salad time again. Today's offering can take its place along with the SOB salad, grape and garlic and sour cream salad, and Crazy Sally, which is made with fresh spinach and strawberries. This is The Shameless Chef. If this is not the first time you've heard this program, then you know my predilection for crazy salads. The urge usually hits me the end of the week, and today it's bean salads, several of them. To begin with, I I think almost any salad of the general mixture type is improved by the addition of a little of some sort of bean. In most of the salad bars across the country, garbanzo beans, uh, chickpeas, are as integral a part of the garnishes as cheese and onion. Many and many, a takeout deli features any number of bean salads as part of their fare. So bean salads aren't as crazy as all that. It's just that we become so lettuce-oriented that we think it's not a salad unless there's rabbit food in it. To make all this as simple as possible, let's consider the salad dressing first. Simple vinaigrette, oil, vinegar, salt, and pepper in the classic proportions. To this, let us add some chopped onion and some crushed garlic. Now then, because this is a crazy salad, let's add the main ingredient, beans garbanzas oh sure you can buy them dried and cook them as you would any dried bean but come on let's not the canned ones are just as good and a lot easier you drain the liquid uh, add enough vinaigrette dressing you know enough and moisten that's it Uh, kidney or red beans same thing cook if you must canned more handy mix the beans with vinaigrette sauce Uh, navy beans same thing fresh or canned drained dressed or you can combine garbanzas, kidney, and navy beans and make a three-bean salad. Ah, string beans. Yellow or green string beans. These are definitely better when they're made with fresh or frozen beans. Very lightly blanch them in boiling water and then chill them before you add the vinaigrette dressing. Now, all of these bean salads can be varied by, oh, you can add sour cream to the dressing or a little pickle relish or some pimento or... Um, jalapeno peppers, uh, some chopped celery, or some toasted sesame seeds. They're all basically the same, beans and vinaigrette. So, okay, that's this current addition in the continuing saga of crazy salads. Michael A. Davenport here. Ciao.
3: We'll be right back after a short break.
1: This episode is brought to you by The Great Grow Along a three-day hosted virtual garden festival connecting you with the influencers, tastemakers, and cutting-edge content of today's gardening world. The Great Grow Along will feature 40-plus sessions on topics ranging from houseplants to DIY landscaping. New plant parents and first-time gardeners will gain practical advice and creative inspiration from celebrated garden experts and industry leaders. Costing $29.95, tickets allow attendees to mix and match a wide range of sessions or choose to follow one of the conference's six tracks, which include edible gardening, urban gardening, pollinators and plants, DIY landscaping, houseplants, and dig deeper. The Great Grow Along will take place March 19th through 21st, 2021. Sign up at greatgrowalong.com.
3: Welcome back to The Shameless Chef.
2: It doesn't seem there's much to be said for sandwiches that hasn't already been said. The good old Earl of Sandwich certainly started something when he decided that two hunks of bread could hold something else to eat. And it's portable. This is The Shameless Chef. Let's consider some downright outre things to make sandwiches of. How often do you have to brown bag it for yourself or a member of the family? We all have to or choose to, and the noontime sandwich is usually looked on askance. Then there are picnic sandwiches, and they tend to be run-of-the-mill, too. So here are some sandwich ideas that are beyond the peanut butter and chicken salad horizons. There's a genre of monster sandwich, variously called hero, submarine grinder, blimpy, what have you. It consists of giant rolls containing every conceivable combination of cheeses and cold cuts and salad ingredients. And most of us don't think of doing them at home. And why not? Try surprising someone's lunchbox with a giant hero. Another sandwich we rarely think of uh, for either portable lunches or picnics is the classic club sandwich, you know, three slices of bread and a combination of meat and cheese in the spaces in between. One ordinarily thinks of them as being held together with toothpicks, but a sandwich bag will do the trick. Along the line of what are considered delicate sandwiches are a bunch that would be a welcome change in ye old brown bag. Watercress sandwiches, for instance. Had one recently? Ever? or cucumber sandwiches, or just tomato and lettuce sandwiches. Not the lunch for a tool dresser nor a section hand, certainly, but uh, why not? If you happen to be a member in good standing of the peanut butter lovers of America, <laughs> let me list some things that combine well, albeit a little surprising, with peanut butter in a sandwich. A jelly, of course, and bacon bits and pickles and bananas, apples, or any fruit for that matter. A uh, Peanut butter and bologna is nifty. So's peanut butter and celery, and so forth. The point is that as long as you're going to make sandwiches, particularly for someone else, let there be a surprise between those two slices of bread, preferably something, uh, shall we say, shameless. Devonfort here. Ciao. Peanut butter and what?
3: Please, subscribe to The Shameless Chef wherever you get your podcasts. The voice you heard throughout this episode was Michael Davenport, the host of The Shameless Chef, who unfortunately passed in 1985, but lived a truly vibrant life. The Shameless Chef is produced by Dylan Hoyer and me, Mike Schreiber, with podcast development and additional production by Kat Johnson. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. The original theme song for The Shameless Chef was composed by Chip Davis. Armin Spengen composed the theme music for this podcast. The Shameless Chef is powered by Simplecast. The Shameless Chef is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at Heritage underscore Radio.